G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we're talking bus and overvalued players. Let's go! Jordan open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant to shot! Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! AD G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today we are talking some bus candidates, some overvalued candidates, and I've uh, got a pretty good track record with these, these lists here. I think last year we identified a couple that really worked. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. being the big highlight, we, we identified him. Hopefully, if you listen to that advice, you save yourself from a disastrous pick. Uh, Christian Wood was another one that we discussed last year um, who was a big bus candidate last year and um, yeah so hopefully a few guys on this list as well um, to say that these guys are bus all of them would be incorrect in my opinion but definitely the ones we've listed here are overvalued I think all these guys are going higher than I would want to be taking them some more so than others um, and we'll, we'll sort of get into that as well um, but before we get stuck into that guys I've got to do some self promo if you haven't already go and check out ballboysmba.com have a look at our season guide on there. Um, it is something that we've been working on really hard over these last couple of months. It's got all of our players that we ranked um, 1 through 156, ranked every single player, um, designed for category head-to-head leagues, keeping in mind punting, keeping in mind injury concerns. So the rankings are where I would want to draft each player. Um, and then... Every single player has their own comments. We've got stats there backing it up. We've got something that we've called our punt rank there as well. So go check it out. $10 to subscribe to that, and you'll also get access to articles on the regular, even when the season starts. $10 one time for the whole whole season. You'll get yourself set up for a good draft. So go and check that out, guys. It's a good way for you guys to support the podcast. Really would appreciate it. But enough self-promo now, guys. Let's get stuck into the bus pod now. Stick around to the end, guys. I reckon there's a good couple of names at the end that you uh, you might be surprised. Maybe some of you will be surprised, but um, some of you might not as well. So let's get into it. First name. I've got a first round guy on here, guys. Um, Trey Young. He's my first, I can't call him a bust, but an overvalued player. He is the fourth ranked player on Yahoo. Now, Maybe uh, my co-host Callum would disagree with me. I remember he was pretty keen on him in our first round mock draft. It was a bit earlier in the season. We've had a bit more time to digest things now. So I wonder what his thoughts are now. But Trey Young at four to me is way too early. I think he's an end of the first round kind of guy, maybe start of the second round, depending on how you feel about some of those guards and like an Anthony Davis, LeBron type. Um, as well, Damian Lillard. How you feel about those kind of guys, I wouldn't be taking him in the mid-rounds. I would be taking him end of the first. I'd be happy to to take him. Um, But at four, I would 
there's so many other guys I'd rather take. I'd rather take Embiid. I'd rather take, uh, obviously, Jokic, number one, Giannis, Durant, and all these other guys, Harden, Clay, uh, sorry, Steph, not Clay, uh, Steph, uh, I would rather take. So many other guys that I just feel way more comfortable, comfortable with. We know that DeJounte is going to affect him. Yes, he is still going to be the man, but because his stats are so concentrated in points, assists, free throw percentage, um, and, and threes, those four categories, if he if he loses just a little bit in any one of them or, or even two of them, that's a huge hit to his value. So um, his stats aren't spread out over eight or nine categories. They're concentrated, which is nice. We like that in head-to-head leagues because it makes it easy to punt and it makes him really valuable. But when you do lose a little bit on those four categories, it makes a big hit to your value. And we've seen, if you go check his value out, it's all over the place. I think he was like 50th or something the year before. And the year before that, he was like in the teens. So he's gone from uh, uh, teens to 50 to, to top 10. Um, and, and it's not, you look at the stats and they're not dramatically different, but it's just a little bit here and there. I, I am worried that he is going to be someone that falls down falls down the rankings a, a, a little bit. So I would want to be pairing him with one of those uh, early second round guys. So end of the first round guy for me only. Uh, let's go on to the next couple here. A couple of guys in the 20s I'll highlight. Um, two guys in this range, DeMar DeRozan and DeMontis Sabonis. I think that... Um, DeRozan is someone who I see regressing a little bit. Funny, I drafted him in the mock draft, the first mock draft we did in uh, with Josh Lloyd and a few other analysts over over there. Uh, but I got him at pick 43, and I was pretty happy with that. I was punting steals at that point, so that helped, helped him out. Um, but at 22, end of the second round, no thanks. Um, I would not want to be drafting Tamar there. Um, just last season, let me have a look. What was his last season? He was... Pretty close to, yes, he was the 24th ranked player last year. So what, we expected to get better? Like, he's going to do better than what he did last year. Last year was his career year, basically. Um, If you're punting threes, he's a top 20 guy last year. But I I just think that there's just going to be a little bit more for Levine to do. I think Levine's going to take a little bit of a step forward. I don't think he's going to be a huge drop-off, but I just don't see any way that he does better than last season. Um, so at 22, that's what you're hoping or expecting. Um, and I just think there's a few other guys coming back from injuries and stuff like that. They just push him down the board a bit further. So yeah, Damar, not a fan at the, uh, end of the second, start of the third round for me. And, and then Sabonis. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Sabonis. Um, just in general, just the way his build kind of is. I know he is a good punt free throw guy. He was the 41st ranked player last season. If you punted the free throws, he was the number 21 ranked player. So that is fine. I just think I would prefer to get a lot of other guys in that range. Some like someone like a Gobert, a um, you know, even someone like an Evan Mobley. I would rather have over Sabonis. I'd rather have uh, Robert Williams. All those bigs I would take in front of him. Uh, even like a Jarrett Allen would be in that range. It's just the fact that he doesn't give me threes. He doesn't give me blocks. Um, I like the assists. They're nice. Um, the low steals, the free throw percentage, the turnovers are high. I just I just think that there's too many holes in his game. The assist rebounds are nice. He's not elite points guy either. 
So it's just not... I feel like you can get those kind of rebounds and assist stats elsewhere. I want my big guys, unless I'm punting blocks to, to give me those blocks, to give me, um, if not the blocks, the steals, um, or give me elite points, and especially at that top end of the draft. So he's just someone that I'd like to more be a third round guy, rather, or sorry, like a, a third or fourth round guy, rather than that early, or sorry, late second early third, which is what is happening at that 24. So he's right. He's ranked right on the turn on the second to third round. And I I just think that he's around too early for me at that spot. I don't hate it, especially if you're punting the free throw percentage and the threes. Sure. But, and he wanted to get the assists out of the big guys. But if you were looking for assists, I'd just go with Jarmorant or something like that and get your points. Um, you can you can always get your rebounds later in that kind of a build. I'd be prioritizing those high points and steals uh, if I was in that punt build. Uh, moving on to the next kind of zone. This zone is like the 50s, so I've got a three players franked in here. Um, Josh Giddy, Christian Wood making back-to-back appearances in the bus videos, uh, and then Yusuf Nurkic. Um, Josh Giddy has persisted at this ranking. He was, I think he was pick 50 before this adjustment and he's slid back but only slid back four spots so um, Yahoo's obviously pretty keen on Josh Giddy this year um, I just don't see it I don't know what what are we what are we expecting him to do to get to that value he was the 161st player last year um, in a punt field goal percentage he was 98 so he was a top 100 guy if you t- if you um, turn the field goal percentage off but to expect him to go up another... So if you're punting field goal percentage, you want him to be better than this, right? Because that's why you're drafting him, because you wanted to beat that value. So you want him to go up another 50 spots. Um, if you're not punting the field goal percentage, you want him to go up another 110 spots from last year. I expect he'll be better, but I just don't see the path for him to being that much better. Um I don't think that we're going to see a huge jump in his field goal percentage. I don't think we're going to see a huge jump in his points. Um, he's he's not going to be a, he's not going to come in and start splashing three threes a game. I think we might just start to see a little uptick in points. Maybe instead of twelve and a half, he averages fourteen or fifteen points. Maybe instead of six point four assists, it's like seven and a half, eight instead of point. Nine steals, it's 1.1, 1. 1.2. 1, 1.3 to 1.2. Like, all that is fine. It's going to improve him, but it's not going to improve him to that level, I don't think. Um, he might, he, he could end up there. I, I don't want to say that he's not going to get there, but if you're drafting him there, you're just eliminating any value and you're you're opening yourself up that if he doesn't improve in that kind of area, he's got a long way to fall. You know, like I said, 161st ranked player last year. So you've got 100 ranking spots for him to drop in value and it's just not necessary at that point in the draft. You want something a bit more sure thing at that point. So yeah, not in on Giddy being drafted at uh, that high. So I'd, I'd wait closer to sort of the mid mid rounds or the late mid rounds before I'm looking at Josh Giddy. Um, Christian Wood, I I like, I don't think he's as much of a bust as he was last year. We, we should all know by now that he's a poor free throw percentage guy. I was saying it last year, I'm treating him as a punt free throw guy. I'm doing the same again this year. 
The issue is that the Phoenix Suns have come out and said, basically, that JaVale McGee is going to be their starting center. Uh, I don't know why, but that's what they've said. Um, I think I've heard somewhere that they, they promised him that when they were doing negotiations for his contract. Seems a bit weird to me, but that's I know, that's what they're doing. Um, did I say the Suns before? I meant the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so the Dallas Mavericks, that's what they've said to, to Wood. It sounds to me like he's... Uh, it sounds to me like... McGee is going to be like a token kind of starter and maybe come on for his like 16 to 18 minutes a night. So I would still have Christian Wood in like that 28 to 30 minutes a night kind of projection. He's almost like their second guy when it comes to offense and usage behind Doncic, who's obviously going to dominate that area. But there's just there's just enough murkiness there for me to just not be in on it. I'd, I'd much rather, if you didn't check out our sleeper videos um, earlier, I'd, I'd much rather someone like a Jakob Pertl who's ranked um, behind him at this spot. So Jakob Pertl was ranked 68, Christian Wood 56. Flip those guys real easy for me, um, very much so. Uh, even I'd probably... I know different kind of punt build, but someone like a Jabari Smith, I'd have over. I'd be I'd be taking Ben Simmons over Christian Wood, a hundred percent Wood, easily in a punt free throw build, and he is like nearly forty spots behind him. So, um, yeah, Christian Wood at fifty six. Whilst I don't think he's crazy high, it's still too high for me to be taking a punt on him at that stage when there are those red flags, and we've seen him. We haven't seen him play on a good team yet, so maybe. The coach is just sick of his sick of his shit, and um, he actually is going to be a bench player because there is a real, I wouldn't say a real risk, but there's a slight risk that he is a genuine bench player and he's not playing those minutes in the high twenties. They're playing minutes in the low twenties, and if that's the case, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle to crack the top one hundred in that in that scenario. Um, as much as I think he's a good permanent guy, yeah, there's, there's just a few red flags that I'm not willing to draft in there. Um, and Yusuf Nurkic, I just don't think. He's got that kind of upside. I like him as a punt free throw guy. Um, I like me some Nurkic. I want to believe it, but I just don't think that you need to take that punt that early. He was the 99th ranked player last year. In a punt free throw percentage, he was at 52. So I guess this ranking is suggesting that you have to punt him to get the value. But for me... I, there's other guys, like I said, I'd much rather a Pirtle. I'd much rather a Ben Simmons at that punt free throw build. And those are guys you can get later. And um, you can get what Nurkic provides later in drafts anyway. I don't I don't expect those bubble numbers to come back at this stage anymore. I do like that he can give you some good assists from the center position. I think the blocks do come back up a little bit from last year. He only averaged 0.6. I, get that. I, I expect that to be closer to one block a game. Um, so he does have a bit of a bounce back ability. I feel like I've been saying that every year, um, but you know, in saying that, the points might drop down again. So Jeremy Grant's come over, Lillard is back, who was out for most of the season last year, where Nurkic did put up 15 points a game. So that could come back down to like 12, 12 and a half a night. Uh, so I think you kind of you, you kind of know what you're going to get with with uh, Nurkic, and I just don't think it's this this highly. Uh, valued spot here. So uh, let's move on to the next clump of guys. I've got a few guys again in the 60s. Um, couple, One on here that might be controversial. The first one here, Jordan Poole, I do have as an overvalued player. Ranked at 63, I think he was taken about this kind of level 
uh, this kind of spot in our first early mock draft um, by one of the other analysts. And I've seen him ranked around this kind of spot in a few different places. I am worried about how Jordan Poole goes with Steph and Clay both being healthy. Um, last year, he, I think I've, I've read a stat. Hold on. I've got the stat here. He played, um, he played 15 games. Yeah, he played 15 games only last season with Clay and Steph in the lineup. And in those games, in those games, he averaged 25 minutes, 14 points, 1.8 threes, and three and a half assists and, and half a steal a game. Those are not great numbers. Now, I don't expect him to play 25 minutes a night, but I also don't think he's going to get his 30. I, I, I really struggle to see how he's going to get his 30. I see him as like a 27, 28 minutes a night guy at best. Um, assuming both those guys are healthy, which maybe you are assuming that they miss games here and there, but I don't want to be drafting a guy just relying on other guys getting injured for him to have the value because in your fantasy playoffs, that's... Yeah. Like we are, we don't want to assume guys are going to miss time in the playoffs because you can't predict when an injury is going to happen for a bad reason. The same for the beneficial reason. Um, so for for Jordan Poole, I would rather draft him closer to pick 100 and have him be that kind of guy that if he does see time with those guys missing, it's a bonus than me going, oh, I reckon they're going to miss some time, so I'm going to draft him here, and this is where his value will be when those guys miss their 20 or 30 games. Um, I don't think that's the way I would be be going about it because, um, yeah, he was excellent last year, and obviously he was the 64th ranked player. Um, so I guess, you know, you're expecting him to do exactly what he did last year. But like I said, only 15 games where both of those guys were healthy, um, and in the time when they were both healthy, he did not perform. Um, he was he was not good coming off the bench. He did struggle. He did struggle a lot. I expect him to be better than that, but still not good enough to warrant this draft position. So, uh, tell me what you think about Jordan Poole. There, I, I do see a lot of other people still rating him highly and around this spot, but he's a guy that I, I am lower on than most. Um, so, I would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section below, guys. Um, the next one here, Tobias Harris. I think this might be one of the biggest busts in the draft. Tobias Harris, I am not in on him. He was he was really bad after the um, All-Star break last year. Once James Harden came over in that trade, after the All-Star break, he was the 110th ranked player. Um, the stats didn't change all that much. He went from averaging 17, 7, and 3.5 and to averaging 14, 6, and 3. So, it's not a dramatic change for him, but it's just enough of a drop-off that I, I really just don't see the upside. I don't see the upside. He, he, I, he was the 59th ranked player on the season, yes, but yeah, those, those splits with James Harden just, just scare me too much. I would not be touching him until... He's probably after top after the pick 100 for me really like he's just he's got no upside. He doesn't do anything one thing particularly well. He's an across the board kind of kind of guy. He lacks the steals and blocks to to save himself when that usage is down. And James Harden, Tyrese Maxey and Embiid, they're your three guys now. Um, they're going to be all getting usage ahead of Tobias Harris in my opinion. He's the fourth option. 
And then you've got players like De'Anthony Melton, um, who's going to come in off the bench, who I think will, will almost rival him for that fourth option. So, um, yeah, Tobias Harris, um, I'm a big fade on Tobias Harris, especially if he's going this spot. Um, there's just nothing to get me excited about him there. And the last guy here, Julius Randle, 67, man. Uh, he he was one that I, I, I got wrong last year. He, he bloody tricked me. I should have known. I, I, I've never liked Julius Randle, but he had that season where he was an all-NBA guy, and, and I agree. He should have been all... He was he was good. He was so good. Um, But I should have known. I, I, it was something that was never really going to be sustainable, but I didn't expect the drop-off that we got from him. He regressed in basically every single category. Um, So at 60... What did we say? 60... Seven here, I think you're really hoping for a big bounce back, um, but I just see a few red flags. Number one, you've got an addition of Jalen Brunson there, um, replacing uh, who Derek Rose or whoever else was in the starting lineup. Um, who did they end up starting at point guard at one point? Anyway, it's, it's definitely an upgrade. It's definitely someone who's going to have the ball in their hands more, so he's going to drop usage, I think. If they ever get Donovan Mitchell in, this, in the team, his value would take a huge hit uh, because his, he's not getting steals, he's not getting blocks, his percentages suck. So when you get a hit to usage and you take the ball out of Julius Randle's hand, he's got nothing else that he does great that's going to supplement that value. So the more usage, the more scoring you add to that team, the less and less his value is going to be. And I think there's a huge risk that he is completely, like we talk about bust candidate, this is a complete bust candidate, um, that he just completely evaporates his value. Um, So at 67, I think it's much too early to be taking um, Julius Randle even if you're punting field goal percentage, because that's the only time I would be willing to draft Randall, because he's still going to probably, if the roster stays the way it is, he'll give you close to 20 points, close to 9 or 10 rebounds, close to 4 or 5 assists. Excellent. That's great. He'll give you some threes. Great. If you're punting field goal percentage, that's that's okay. But it's those other risk factors combined with his atrocious field goal percentage, uh, Bad free throws, uh, bad turnovers, no steals, no blocks. There's so many red flags there that, yeah, I just wouldn't want any part of Julius Randle that high. All right, let's go on to the next little group here. Um, The next little group here, I'm going to start. Jeremy Grant at 76, Zubach at 80, and Sadiq Bey at 81. Um, These three here, again, nothing really bad. Bustworthy about them, but they're just boring guys. I don't see a way that they reach these kind of rankings. Zubach, maybe. Zubach is the one guy that I can kind of see how that might. If he is averaging 31, 32 minutes a night, yes, he could probably get this high. Um, so, but I just, I don't want to go at 80 with him. I think there are other guys around that level that you could get instead of a Zubach. Um, He's more of like that 100 kind of range for me. And even then, it's not super upside-y, but it's safe. Okay, so Zubac, uh, yeah, I've got him in this rankings. I think he's more of just slightly overrated in that metric. These other two guys more aggressively don't like. Um, so uh, Jeremy Grant, um, I think maybe Callum might disagree with me, but I think going from, um, where was he? Bloody hell, Detroit over to Portland. 
I think he's going to use a lot of use, lose a lot of usage. He's going to be behind Lillard. He's going to be behind Simons, in my opinion. Um, it's probably going to be that third guy. He's going to be closer to like a OKC slash Denver Jeremy Grant. I think he he will score more than he what he did in those days, and hopefully he can see his defensive stats come back up. Um, we hope it's not a guarantee. We hope it comes back to close to a steal and a block. So he can be a guy that can get you, you know, your 15, 5, uh, maybe a two, two assists, a steal and a block, and a 3. So that's fine. It's it's okay. The percentages will be poor. Um, you know, it might be 1-3, not 2 or 3 threes. It'll be 0.9 steals, not 1.5 steals. So it's it's not elite anywhere, kind of like that Tobias Harris kind of range where he's just kind of doing his thing. He's not really great in any category. So at pick 76, I'm just not about it. I think you can get higher upside, better value at other guys there. And Sadiq Bey, I don't see him getting much better than what he did last year. Sure, he's a fine punt field goal, guys. You need threes. He can give you some points as well, but... I don't see him suddenly developing into a great steals guy or suddenly developing into a great uh, assist player uh, or anything like that. So I think he's just going to be what he is, um, and that is someone who, again, is probably around that 100 mark. Um, so what did he? What was he last year? So last year, yeah, he was exactly the 100-ranked player last year. I kind of see him just kind of doing the same thing. If you punt field goal percentage, yes, he rises a little bit in value, and maybe that's how he gets to this spot. But again, the purpose of punting is that you're trying to create value for yourself. So if you're drafting him at 81, hoping for him to be the 81st-ranked player when you punt, you're not doing it right. You, you can probably get more value than that um, by punting those categories. So... Um, that's someone who I think you can wait later in the draft to get. And threes are easy to find later in drafts. And that's the biggest thing that he provides. So I'm fading Sadiq Bay. All right, this is this is the the ones that I wanted to talk about that I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I've got three guys here that you might agree or disagree on. One of them I might even disagree with on myself. But um, here we go. The first guy, Isaiah Jackson. Gasp. I know. Isaiah Jackson. He's a he's a hype guy. Ranked 85. We'll talk about him in a sec. Um, two, Mo Bumba. And three, Russell Westbrook. Um, so Mo Bumba at 88 and Russell Westbrook at 93. Let's, let's tackle Russell Westbrook first. I think he's the easiest one. I don't want anything to do with Russell Westbrook inside the top 110. Top 120 even. He's just such a risk of being the biggest bust in this league. Um that I just don't want to have to deal with it. The upside is not worth it. There is a legitimate reason, a legitimate risk that Russell Westbrook retires halfway through this season. <laughs> um, just because I don't know where his value is in the league. I don't know. I don't know what team is going to be willing to give Russell Westbrook the thirty minutes a night he needs and the usage that he needs for him to be relevant and usable in fantasy basketball, number one, and to keep him happy, number two. Because I don't see a world where Russell Westbrook adjusts his mindset and and changes his game style from the guy that demands the ball, rebounds, gets and hunts his assists, puts up 25 shots a game, you know, plays at this frantic pace and, and makes these decisions, wants to be the last shot taker in the team, I don't see him changing 
changing his play style from that to a guy who's happy to be a great defender, happy to be someone who's, you know, playing a bit more off ball, spot up shooting. Yes, he, he can do maybe his, um, you know, attacking the rim stuff here and there. Or if he, I don't see him being willing to come off the bench and being like that sixth man kind of guy. Um, the way I kind of see Russ, I think he would see that as a bit of an insult. I feel like he thinks that he doesn't, he's better than other guys like that. So if he's not able to adjust like that, I don't know if he plays, man. Like I really see a situation if he's traded, we could see a John Wall type scenario where the team just trades him. They get some picks to take on his contract and they just sit him because there's not a team out there. If you can think of a team, please let me know. I'd really like that discussion. If you've got a legitimate team that you think would be willing to start him, play him 30 minutes and don't mind him doing Russell Westbrook things, let me know because I can't think of one. I cannot think of one team. The only team I could I could maybe... Cl- Washington is the only team that I, I was close to saying maybe. Maybe Washington do it again. He was just on their books. They did trade him. So I don't know if they want to put themselves back in that spot, but they seem pretty hell-bent on making the playoffs or the play-in, and they just paid Bradley Beal. They don't really have a great point guard. Monty Morris is their, their starting point guard. So maybe it's Washington. That's the only team I could think of. Um, let me know if you've got another one. Uh, but otherwise, I can't see it. I really, I really struggle. Um, so Russell Westbrook, I just don't want any part of. And and the, I wouldn't draft him unless I'm punting free throws and I'm punting turnovers. I have to be punting both of those two things. Then I draft him with my last couple of picks just to see what happens. If I'm not doing that, I'm just letting him go. I don't want him. I don't want him. If I'm if I'm looking after my free throws, there's no point in drafting. Westbrook. He's just he's just going to tank you in too many areas and not going to provide you threes, assists. Sorry, not going to provide you threes, steals, blocks. Um, no, the, the field goal and free throws suck. He's not that ultra triple-double every night kind of guy anymore, especially next to LeBron. So that's West, Russell Westbrook. Um, let's talk Mo Bamba next because I'll save Isaiah Jackson to the end. Mo Bamba, to me, is a backup this season. Um he did really well last year. I think, what was he? He was something like, he was a top 50 guy almost from memory. Let me look it up right here. Uh, he was the 53rd ranked player last year in 26 minutes per night. I don't think he sees that 26 or even really close to that 26 minutes that he did last year. I don't think he's going to get over 20 this year because they've added Paolo Banquero. Jonathan Isaac is back. So what that does, that limits the ability for them to play Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba together. So what I think you'll see is you'll see Wendell Carter's the starter. He gets 28 to 30 minutes a night. And then Bamba is the backup. And he gets his 18 to 30, 18 to 20 minutes. That's it. And I just don't think that that's enough time for him to put up fantasy value. Um, he's, he's a worthy flyer. He definitely is someone I would draft if in case... He is ahead of Wendell Carter, and and I, I'm I'm watching this to see if they do go that way. But every indication that I've seen is that Wendell Carter Jr. is the guy that they want. He's going to be the guy that plays next to um, next to Paolo. He's a better lateral mover, so I think that he's going to be the guy there. Um, and I just I just don't think that as much as a good per minute producer Mobamba is, there's not many guys that can put up top 100 numbers in less than 20 minutes a night. Um, speaking of per-minute monsters, let's talk Isaiah Jackson because he is he's one of the hardest guys for me to figure out at this stage in drafts because 
He's ranked at 85. Um, what do we do? He's he's a guy that I really like. Um, I you, If you were with us last season, I was pumping him up. I was saying that he was a must-grab guy once they shut Miles Turner down. I've got him. I've got a lot of stock in Isaiah Jackson in dynasty leagues. I really like his future. He's young. He's athletic. He can play fast, which is what the Indiana Pacers want to do. And if he starts to get 24, 25 minutes a night, he smashes that number. Miles Turner is still on the team, though. And unless Miles Turner is traded before the season starts, I don't know if we can assume that he's going to be traded in the first month or the first two months. I think that we have to assume that he's like a trade deadline kind of a deal. I do think he's traded. He's an expiring contract, so I don't think Indiana is going to want to lose him for nothing. So I think he is traded. So it's a matter of when for Isaiah Jackson. Can you can you have Isaiah Jackson on your team for the first three months of the season, playing as a backup, playing his... 16 to 18 minutes a night um, if you're taking him at pick 85. I think that it's a little early to be doing that, um, but I am happy to have the conversation. I think of everyone that I've listed here, it's the one that I was I was tossing and turning. I was surprised more so than anything to see him on Yahoo's rankings this high. I didn't think that he would jump up this high on Yahoo's rankings this early. He might have been a guy that we saw go up there towards the start of the season because a lot of hype would get him there, but I didn't think we'd see him get this high this early. In 18 minutes a night last year, he was the 122nd ranked, sorry, 126th ranked player in the second half of the year. That was when he was playing 18 minutes a night, which is about where I would expect him to be whilst Turner is on the court. So you can have him on your team, but you've got to know that you're giving up uh, you're giving up 40 ranking spots for the first half of the season by drafting about 85 for, for hopefully you getting, what, 40 ranking spots the other way. I think he can be a top 50 guy um, if he is that starter. But then again, you're assuming that when when Turner is traded that they're not bringing in the center. What if they bring in DeAndre Ayton? They they tried to sign Ayton to a deal. Um, so what if that, when when the contracts and the trades for Ayton can go ahead again after that that signing um, clause and stuff like that, if they bring back Ayton, well, then you've held Isaiah Jackson for nothing. Um, yeah, he's kind of provided back-end value and, and whatever. It's not someone who's unrosterable, but I just think at 85... If, if all of the options are bad and, and all of your favorite picks have gone and you desperately need blocks, you desperately need that field goal percentage that he can provide, I don't hate it if your league's super competitive and you just want that that guy and you've, got, you've drafted safe up until that point and you want that guy that could really smash that rankings. I don't hate it, but I just think that it's a little early. I'd, I'd be wanting to wait till pick 100 or later to draft Isaiah Jackson because I think 
Yeah, we're assuming that it's going to happen, and I do think it will, but it's not guaranteed, and I would want it to be guaranteed to be drafting him at that point because you're going to have to sit through the early parts of the season where it's not going to be, it's not going to be worthwhile, um, and injuries and things like that. It's it's yeah, there's a lot of question marks still for me to to want to pull the trigger, but. Um, I really want to hear your thoughts, guys. That's a really interesting one. Um, I could be persuaded there. So I want to hear your thoughts, the discussions. Let me know what you think about Isaiah Jackson and any other of these bust guys. If you disagree, if you're a big Jordan Poole fan or if you really want um, Josh Giddy around pick 50, let me know what you think. Make sure you check out ballboysmba.com. Check out our season guide. Make sure... Um, I, I would encourage... If you guys want to support the channel, that's the best way to do it. Make sure you give this... Oh, Sorry doing my intro, not my outro music. Um, Make sure you guys have given the video a thumbs up. um, Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when videos are coming up. Five-star ratings on iTunes. And I'll see you guys next time for Deep Sleepers. Laters. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.